This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. Big shout out, big shout out to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Payne Podcast on Fridays for putting this in front of me today, because this is very important, folks. Now, it's funny because uh, Yarvin there, who says we need a dictator like Napoleon or Lenin, Right, it was Steve Bannon, Trump, uh, Trump's chief strategist for a little while in the White House, was also said to be a Leninist. Uh, just to throw that out there, folks. This article continues to say, Yar, uh, to Yarvin, incremental reforms and half measures are necessarily doomed. The only way to achieve what he wants is to assume, quote, absolute power, end quote. And the game is all about getting to a place where you can pull that off. Critics have called his ideas, quote, fascist, end quote, a term he disputes, arguing that centralizing power under one ruler long predates fascism, and that his ideal monarch should rule for all, rather than fomenting a class war as fascists do. Well, how would one rule for all if all have different ideas? You've all listened to Legal Man talk about the consent of the government consent uh, of the people for the government to rule us but all the people do not consent because even if you go off of general elections half the country generally does not consent to trump ruling over them or biden ruling over them or the government doing anything okay so it says here quote autocratic end quote fits as a descriptor though His preferred term is, quote, monarchist, end quote. You won't find many on the right saying they wholly support Yarvin's program, especially the, quote, monarchy, end quote, thing. But his critique of the status quo and some of his ideas for changing it have influenced several increasingly prominent figures. All right, are you ready for this? And then I'm going to get into why this is very important, folks. It says, besides Vance and Masters, whose campaigns declined to comment for this story, Yarvin has had a decade-long association with billionaire Peter Thiel. There you go, Peter Thiel, who is similarly disillusioned with democracy and American government. Quote, I no longer believe that freedom and democracy are compatible, end quote. Thiel wrote in 2009, and earlier this year, he declared that Republican members of Congress who voted for Trump's impeachment after the January 6th attacks were, quote, traitorous, end quote. All right, now, you know, that that could be conjecture or whatever. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The point here is that this guy has a long relationship with Thiel, and he's obviously inspired masters in Vance. All right, but, the, but there's a reason why this is important. Again, put it in context. He is not calling for a strong leader to come in, weed out the corruption, throw out the socialists and the commies, and restore the republic. No, he wants a dictator to come in. 
All right. And how does he want the dictator to rule? Well, let's find out. It says Fox host Tucker Carlson is another fan interviewing Yarvin with some fascination for his streaming program last year. He's even influenced online discourse. Yarvin was the first to popularize the analogy from the Matrix of being, quote, red pilled, end quote, or pilled suddenly losing your illusions and seeing the supposed reality of the world more clearly as applied to politics. Now, obviously, we agree with that here, but I don't think being red-pilled means installing a monarch. If anything, I would say uh, no ruler. (laughs) No one gets elected. Let's just try anarchy for a while. It goes on to say, overall, Yarvin is arguably the leading intellectual figure on the new right, a movement of thinkers and activists critical of the traditional Republican establishment who argue that an elite left, end quote, ruling class, end quote, has captured and is ruining America and that drastic measures are necessary to fight back against them. And so his idea would to be install a king. Basically, he wants to install a king. Well, then it has nothing to do with America, because if we even want to believe the founding that we've been told, it was George Washington who did not want to be a king. You know, that's what we're told, right? So this guy now represents the new right. And so the new right has been around now since going back to basically 2015, the rise of Donald Trump. But the whole idea behind this new right, folks, many believed it was going to be an organized version of conservatism. But there's nothing conservative about this. And as I brought up with Magdalene Rose, the 22-year-old young conservative, where are the plans coming from the conservatives on what the country will look like in 20 years? Well, I guess this guy, who is friends with Peter Thiel, is at least putting a plan forward. So let's see what his plan is about. It says, and new right ideas are getting more influential among Republican staffers and politicians. Trump's advisors are already brainstorming Yarvinite, or at least Yarvin-lite, ideas for the second term, such as firing thousands of federal civil servants and replacing them with Trump loyalists. Again, we would have agreed with that. It says, with hundreds of, quote, election deniers, end quote, on the ballot this year, another disputed presidential election could happen soon, and Yarvin uh, has written a playbook for the power grab he hopes will then unfold. So these ideas are no longer entirely just abstract musings. It's unclear how many powerful people may take Yarvin entirely literally, but many do take him seriously. And after the 2020 election crisis, the fall of American democracy seems rather more plausible than it used to. To better understand the ideas influencing a growing number of conservative elites now and the battles that may lie ahead, then I reviewed, this is the author, not me, much of Yarvin's sizable body of work, and I interviewed him. During our lengthy conversation, Yarvin argued that the eventual fall of the United States democracy could be, quote, fundamentally joyous and peaceful, end quote. Yet the steps President Trump took in that direction after the 2020 election were not particularly joyous or peaceful, and it was hard for me to see why further movement down that road would be. All right. And this is important, folks, because just as you are seeing the cities crumble, as we just talked about, and the idea behind that is then to make AI, facial recognition and such, the hero, the solution. 
and you're seeing the crumbling of the economy, which will usher in central bank digital currencies. You're seeing the entire United States government look corrupt, as I talked about yesterday. It's all corrupt. The institutions are crumbling. Let's replace that with a technocracy where the scientists and engineers will rule and they'll answer to the people. The idea behind the election fraud was also a psychological warfare game, I believe, to make people not believe in the elections anymore and therefore cheer up on either side whatever side they're on to basically seize power but what you'll see is that yarvin is actually advocating uh i mean he's talking to the right and usually the right the conservatives would have been talking about restoring the country to the constitutional republic to the constitution but that's not what he's talking about and yet somehow he's building a following and that is because People are so disgusted on the right with the system, with the corruption, with the failure of these institutions that they're willing to cheer on the idea of just crushing and dismantling this current corruption, but yet they are being led into a battle that ends up with a solution that they're not going to agree with, and that solution is to end up with a monarch, with a king, with a dictator, with a CEO running the entire government. Now, if Yarvin was talking about tearing down the government and restoring it to only small local governments, that might be a different thing. I would probably be sitting here going, look, this guy's talking about tearing down this, this, this monster, giant, big government and restoring it to local uh, you know, local order and allowing uh, local governments to to um, handle everything and get rid of this giant federal government. Okay, that's a different story. But now he's talking about installing a king over all the people. It goes on to say, from obscure anti-democracy blogger to new right influencer. In Yarvin's telling, his political awakening occurred during the 2004 election. A computer programmer... There you go, folks, a computer programmer living in Silicon Valley. Yes, oh yes, this is the man that you want leading you, folks, into your life of personal freedom, liberty, and human autonomy, right? A computer programmer living in Silicon Valley. He was then an avid reader of political blogs following the Swift Boat Veterans for Truth scandal about whether Democrat nominee John Kerry had lied about aspects of his military service. Yarvin thought it was clear Kerry had lied and felt the media went to stunning lengths to protect him and smear his accusers. But he also became disillusioned with the conservative response, which he thought amounted to ineffectively complaining about, quote, media bias, end quote, and continuing with politics as usual. The problem, he felt, was far deeper. An intense period of reading old books on political theory and history to contemplate how systems work followed. Eventually, he, as he later put it, quote, stop believing in democracy, end quote, comparing this realization to how formerly religious people feel when they stop believing in God. Soon he began posting blog comments and then writing a self-described, quote, anti-democracy blog, end quote, beginning in 2007 under the pseudonym uh, Mencius Moldbug. In these writings, uh, discursive, Filled with historical references, wry and often gleefully offensive, he laid out a sort of grand theory of why America is broken and how it can be fixed. And so he says, one, the government is 
The government is celeronic, decaying institution that can no longer achieve great or even competent things. And as he now puts it, just sucks. Constrained by the separation of powers in Congress, the president has, quote, negligible power, end quote, to achieve his agenda. In contrast to the, quote, deep state, end quote, bureaucracy and the nonprofits that are permanent fixtures of Washington's government class. And so, as you know, here we call the whole entire operation the state. There's no deep state, it is just the state. True power in the United States is held by, quote, the cathedral, end quote, elite academic and media institutions that, in Yarvin's telling, set the bounds of acceptable political discourse and distort reality to fit their preferred ideological frames. This does not unfold as a centralized conspiracy, but rather through a shared worldview and culture. And his explanation for why society keeps moving to the left through the decades. Number three. So he's talking about moving to the left, but at the same time, he wants now this dictator to rule over everyone. He says, it's not just the current government that sucks. Democracy sucks, too. Sometimes he denounces democracy entirely, calling it a, quote, dangerous, malignant form of government, end quote. Well, we could sit here and talk about the difference between a democracy and a constitutional republic or a representative democracy. Goes on to say, sometimes he says democracy doesn't even practically exist in the U.S. because voters don't have true power over the government as compared to those other interests, which function as an oligarchy. Sometimes he argues that organizations in which leadership is shared or divided simply aren't effective. And finally, he says, far preferable in his view would be a government run like most corporations with one leader holding absolute power over those below, though perhaps accountable to a, quote, board of directors, end quote, of sorts. He admits that an accountable autocracy is a real problem. This monarch CEO would have the ability to actually run things unbothered by pesky civil servants, judges, voters, the public, or the separation of powers. Quote, how do we achieve effective management? We know one simple way, find the right person and put him or her in charge, end quote, he writes. So he is advocating for a dictator, folks. And so what happens if the solutions that the dictator offer are not the solutions that you like? So now you don't even have the illusion of being able to make decisions. But what he is not getting at is that these decisions and the reason why this is happening are because we are moving into this technocracy. We have not operated as a constitutional republic for many many years and these scientists these engineers these special interests are actually running this government but folks as you'll see in a moment yarvin is in fact a technocrat ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. 
All right, folks, this is this is very, 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 very important because this really, really solidifies what we've been talking about the last couple of episodes, but really all 70 episodes that we put out there. So you have this guy, Yarvin, now. Uh, who is uh, friends with Peter Thiel. We know Peter Thiel carries a lot of clout. And so Yarvin, uh, and we're going to show some Yarvin stuff over the next couple of days as we also work on uh, transhumanism. Don't worry, we haven't lost sight of where we are, but I have to bring some of this current stuff in because it is happening so quickly. So now you have Yarvin, who is now um, affecting uh, the ideology of the new right movement and we're starting to see being uh, people being pushed into this idea which is going to be to cheer on and accept a technocracy i mean yarvin has said and we'll show more of this over the coming days that he envisions this monarch this dictator as a technocrat and remember yesterday as we got into the history of technocracy the the technocrats basically say that this system uh, run by these scientists and engineers but now as you know through the new version of technocracy there will be a dictator a king in charge of the technocracy as i told you they are currently working on anointing elon musk as the head of that at least he will be the uh, figurehead of the technocracy for a while because we're going to move into a place as the public sector completely evaporates into the private sector rising as the overseers of stakeholder capitalism that there won't need to be any rules uh, on who the president could be or whether or not they're a natural born citizen or any of that because the government will now be privatized out in the open and so anyone will be able to sit there as the king as the ceo of the technocracy and so yarvin has actually uh, talked about uh, some of these ideas so as you see when he is advocating for tearing down the system and he's hammering the left and saying the country's moving to the left he's doing that because he is speaking to the right and he's trying to get the right on his side to cheer on tearing down the system. And the right believes that we're going to tear down the system and restore it to a republic when, in fact, Yarvin is talking about tearing down the system, rebooting it, and resetting it, and turning it into a full-blown technocracy with no illusion of anything other than the technocracy. But almost no one is going to pick this stuff up folks they're not going to understand it i think the only reason why we're able to talk about it here is because we have 70 episodes behind us and i assume the majority of you have been reading about studying researching listening to other podcasts in this genre and you understand technocracy you understand transhumanism you understand where the scientists and engineers are going with this so we're able to literally dissect this but to try to explain this to people folks it's like 15 different star wars movies that you're trying to boil down and tell your friend over a cup of coffee and then get it to stick and then try to figure out how to tell people how we can defeat it or how we can avoid it let's continue here because this article is very detailed and i do want to work through this it says for years yarvin would was something of an odd internet curiosity with his ideas far more 
uh, uh, from most political conservatives' radar. He gained one prominent reader, Peter Thiel, who had written about his own disillusionment with democracy, became a Yarvin friend, and funded his startup, quote, he's fully enlightened, end quote, Yarvin later wrote of Thiel in an email, quote, just plays it very carefully, end quote. Thiel did not respond for a request to comment. Beyond that, idea bloggers like Robin Hansen and Scott Alexander argued with him, and he gradually got more attention for being a leading figure in the, quote, neo-reactionary, end quote, movement. Through his blog was pseudonymous, he had not made a particularly extensive effort to keep his identity secret. Appearing in person as Moldbug to give a talk at a conference in 2012. In the following years, journalists began to write about him by name. And though he soon put his blog on hiatus to focus on his startup, outrage over some of his writings continued to follow him. Yarvin was disinvited from one tech conference in 2015 after protests, and his appearance at another in 2016 led several sponsors and speakers to withdraw. Now, it, it's going to be quite entertaining because what's going to happen with these technologists? Are they going to end up getting on board with him when they realize that he is advocating for a technocracy? It goes on to say the sticking points commonly cited by his critics included one Moldbug post on historical thought about slavery, which was seized on as proof that he was, quote, pro-slavery, end quote, and a racist. In a response, he said he believes in the biological roots of intelligence and does not believe that all populations or racial groups are equally intelligent on average. But he insisted racism was despicable and said he did not believe Europeans have an inherent or, quote, moral superiority, end quote, over other races. Another post that spurred outrage discussed far-right Norwegian mass murderer Anders Brivik. Yarvin argued that the political organizations of left heroes like Che Guevara and Nelson Mandela also murdered civilians, and they should face condemnation too. All right, so as you see, we're just going to go into the background of this because over the next day I'm going to have to unwind uh, Yarvin for you. Uh, And then we're going to show you how he is... Uh, affecting the current Trump movement as well. Uh, this is very dangerous stuff, folks, because if they get the right to fully embrace and to cheer on technocracy, and I think that's going to be possible because under the Trump era, especially during 2015 and 16, they were able to get the right to sort of cast aside conservatism and embrace the idea of populism, which I always said was very dangerous. It was interesting to see people take on and adopt populism that came from the conservative side of the aisle when four years before that, when Elizabeth Warren was being talked about as a populist, the right was shunning populism and part of this idea of populism came out of steve bannon and steve bannon is tied into yarvin as well eventually i will get into steve bannon on this show i was trying to extend i might as well just tell you this i was trying to extend an olive branch to joe allen who covers technocracy and transhumanism for steve bannon on his podcast and so joe allen writes 
a number of articles that I've read on the topics of transhumanism and technocracy. And so, you know, listen, I tweeted at him. He wrote me back and gave me his email. I emailed him. He never got back to me. Uh, So I hit him in a tweet yesterday because he was promoting Jack Posobiec, all right, talking about uh, transhumanism and basically making Jack Posobiec look like a hero. So I quoted that tweet and I said, well, how does this play out considering that Posobiec's rise to fame came from a Peter Thiel henchman? And so Peter Thiel's henchman, uh, Jeff Gesia, We'll get into that one day with Maria Albanese because she's done a lot of research in that area. Um, Gesia backed Jack Posobiec. Posobiec came out of MAGA3X, came out of the Deplora Ball, uh, which was one of the Trump inaugural balls with all the sort of new right figures. I was there actually dressed up as Trump for that, trying to get some press for my comedy business at the time. And so Posobiec came out of that Thiel group. And now Posobiec is talking uh, about transhumanism, but yet he's not mentioning Peter Thiel. So then Joe Allen writes to me and he says, oh yeah, maybe he touched somebody who knew someone who had COVID and that implicates him. And I said to Allen, well, can I see your work on Peter Thiel? We'd be interested in covering that here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Um, I said, uh, I, I haven't seen you write about that. And he goes, oh, I, I know about Thiel, but it's very complicated, and I haven't had an opportunity to write about that yet. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit Joe Allen with um, this stuff on Yarvin and see what he says. Because with Yarvin connected to Peter Thiel and Yarvin connected to Bannon, of which Bannon had called himself a Leninist at one point, and Steve Bannon, folks, uh, spook, 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 uh, go read his bio. I've been tracking Steve Bannon for many years, uh, was not happy about when he got involved with the Trump campaign. And so now you have Joe Allen over there doing this technocracy stuff, but they're going to cover up for certain people that are involved with the technocracy and involved with transhumanism like Peter Thiel. There's nothing complicated about Peter Thiel. I said to Joe Allen, we covered Thiel in probably six episodes, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm missing, and I would love to talk to anyone else who has done extensive research into Peter Thiel. So if you have stuff or you've done it, feel free to come on our show and talk to us about it. Because uh, Peter Thiel, I think, is one of the biggest villains in this entire movement. He is the one who openly said that transhumanism, uh, transhumanism and Christianity are basically the same thing because they both offer this uh this eternal life and so you know look i'm not here i told you to show for christianity but i don't think you can compare christianity to transhumanism uh you might not believe in christ or the idea of descending to heaven and spending uh eternal life with god up there but that is not the same uh as the transhumanist technocrats offering you immortality by uploading your consciousness to the cloud and living inside their prison planet matrix metaverse with them no it is not uh anything alike one is building a sort of this fake heaven right here on earth and the other is transcending so peter thiel openly said that folks 
And so I'm going to have to get to the bottom of this with Joe Allen. At some point, I would assume I'm being cordial. I'm not being rude. But at some point, I assume he's going to block me. Or maybe he hasn't because they went and they checked out the Thomas Paine podcast and Mike's website, Payne.tv slash gold. And they checked out my show. And they don't necessarily want a, a battle between the two networks. And I'm not looking to battle. I'm just looking to find out why some people seem to be talking about technocratic transhumanism but then they're covering for certain people or what happens that i find in some of joe allen's articles is they will write this stuff and say basically make it look like the people that are pushing it are kooks versus what i do here i'm trying to show you the truth that the people that are pushing this are in high positions of power influence and control large portions of the wealth in this country and around the world and they are advancing at light speed and so rather than trying to make it look like a couple of kooks i'm trying to tell you the truth and show you where this stuff is creeping out and how they're utilizing even old world rules for radicals type of propaganda campaigns and you know marxist elements in this uh to push forward with this technocracy and with this goal of engineering humanity out of existence and so if people were talking about it uh that this is a war on humanity and that folks need to start to come together from the right from the left black and white brown uh, different religions, everything in between to come together because there's a group of high-powered scientists, engineers, and technologists that believe they should be in power. Some of them believe that they should overthrow the government and replace it with a technocratic king who will oversee the entire government. And folks, don't think for one second that that human will not soon be replaced with a transhuman or replaced with artificial intelligence itself. Because with the current form, the modern form of technocracy, the ultimate goal is to rule over the world and have it completely governed by an artificial intelligence wizard of Oz. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow we're going to get back into Yarvin. I had to deviate over to this. It's very important folks i had to do it i mean i had to do it and i'm glad marie albany's put this on my plate so we'll see if we can get her to maybe drop in tomorrow and start to fill in some of the blanks for us while i continue to cover this there's several articles that i need to get to i need to show you how yarvin is now embedded into the trump movement don't worry folks this isn't all the right over on the left they're pushing technocracy as well remember it was andrew yang running under the democrat ticket that popularized universal basic income which is a major tenet of technocracy and of this transhumanist movement it all comes together we're being attacked from all sides ladies and gentlemen maybe my name now is paul revere and i will put up three lanterns because the transhumanist technocrats are attacking us from all sides folks left right up and down front and back they are all around us watching us like a 360 camera ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion. 
at pain.tv slash gold.